MSW Media. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just, is it right? It's completely right. Because yeah. you're looking at me like I no, just said your it, name backwards. It, no, it just sounds like a... Uh, it's so sultry that oh, I nice. can barely stand it. All right, try okay, it again. Let me try it. And don't, and don't be... Not, don't, not be sultry. I'm not <laughs> okay, okay. encouraging you to not be sultry. Yeah. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite holiday tunes. I really, it just gets me in the mood every year when I hear that song by Kali King, the What We're Drinking theme song. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this. It's one of the last shows of the year. It could be the last one. I might, I might wake up tomorrow and say, fuck it, I ain't doing any more shows this year. Or I might do three more shows. I don't know. I don't even know. But here's what I do know about today's show. I'm going to give you a little inside baseball here, everybody. How it normally works, I record stuff and we record the interview separately and the intro separately. A bunch of stuff. Pieces. And we put them all together in post- it's called post. It's a thing that happens after the recording. Post. And then we have an editor gets in there and they put sound effects in and all this other stuff. It's a very fancy, intricate uh, process. Not today. Today, we're trying something we don't normally do on here. We're doing the show live. That's right. We'll do it live. Fuck it. That's right, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> you know it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it is right. We're doing this thing straight up. There's no editing in post. Whatever you hear, whatever happens right now is happening. We're flying. We're up there without a net, as they say. And joining me for this experiment in this is a man who uh, is kind of used to, he's used to this kind of danger because he, he takes on the entertainment establishment and what he does. And uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He's the host of the hit YouTube channel, The Dave Neal Show, which he analyzes, explores the world of entertainment. The big entertainment news of the day is covered on The Dave Neal Show. His daily podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour. That's right, Bachelor. And I've said it here before. I'm not, I'm man enough to admit it. I love the, I'm part of Bachelor Nation. I just finished watching Bachelor in Paradise, the latest season. We're going to talk about that. But his show, Bachelor Rush Hour, regularly featured top 10 entertainment news podcasts across the entire country. My old pal, Dave Neal. Dave, how are you, buddy? Dude, so good to talk to you today. I love your fucking energy. This is fantastic. <laughs> do you feel it right now? You f- Wait, hold on. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I don't like Bill O'Reilly, but that quote gets me going. Yeah, you're like a you're like a mom who's sick of their kids, and you're just serving them, you know, eggshells in their omelet. You're like, ah, fuck it, take it, Jimmy. <laughs> That's right. Take but we we really got to be careful though, Dave, because I can get out of control 
See, with the soundboard, you just if I if you find if I start going a little crazy, just tell me to dial it back. That's all. I feel like some audiences think there's like all these producers working in the background, and it's just like no, just a couple of maniacs hitting buttons. That's yeah. all. That's all my channel is. You know, if I, if I mess something up, I go, oh, I got to fire a producer. It's me. It's only me. Yeah, I have a fake assistant for my email that I send out. His name is Samuel L. Bronkowitz. And no <laughs> joke, like when I reply to emails, it's Samuel L. Bronkowitz. I'm dating myself here. It's much older. But uh, where Samuel L. Bronkowitz comes from, and no one ever gets this, because all the publicists I deal with are probably in their early 20s, you know. But there was a movie back in the 70s called The Kentucky Fried Movie. It was the guys from Airplane. It was before airplane. So it was that slapstick airplaney humor before airplane. And it was a it was just a series of sketches in this movie. And one of the recurring things they would do would be fake movie premieres. And the producer of all of these fake movies, so one movie was called Catholic High School Girls in Trouble, uh, that's Armageddon, but it would say, <laughs> they'd have a renouncedly voice to go, from producer Samuel L. Bronkowitz. And <laughs> and that was the name. I think one person has caught it. So there you go. But yeah, no. I mean, you know, that's our industry. You have to have a fake other person to negotiate for you. I know so many people have like fake managers and, they, you know, like because they can they, they can be that middleman to like negotiate. You know, Donald Trump even had like a fake assistant. Do you remember that? John Barron. <laughs> John Barron was the name. His son's name was the last yeah, name. I don't, I don't blame him. Like I That mean, was his fake publicist that he would call. And by the way, you know, that's not a, I actually have a real manager for my Hollywood stuff. And sometimes I think he's fake because he's yeah. not really doing anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I love that's you, what's funny. I it's love like you, your, Yeah. Your fake manager can outperform your real manager. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's, that's not, no one cares. No, no one cares about me as much as my fake management team. <laughs> By the way, that's 100% true. Like uh, we've got a project going with American Wino, knock on wood. Hopefully the film's going to happen, my book. And I'm doing half the shit, man. Like I'm yeah. just, supposedly I'm the writer and that's what my deal is, is the, but I'm, I'm trying to line up talent. I'm, I got locate. I'm doing all of it. Well, this is why when the pandemic hit, this is why my, this is how my channel took off. I had just auditioned for after, for like one of those, um, Buzzfeed, not, not Buzz. It was, it was a, e it was an e-news Snapchat video thing or whatever. And I did the green screen audition and I nailed it. I got the teleprompter guy laughing, never heard back world shuts down. I just started making my own content. And now my channel gets more views than like, than, than some of those main like cable news channels. And I'm like, I don't, not for, not for any price. Can they get me to have to deal with their bosses ever again? Like I'm done. I'm working for myself. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what like the post pandemic world has shown some of us. It's beyond liberating. I had a very similar sort of thing happen with my writing in the booze world where something went down. And I, it, it just one day I said, you know what? I'm going to sink or swim on my own here. I'm, I'm done working for the man because they don't care and they'll fucking fire you in a heartbeat if it means saving a couple of pennies. Yeah. I, I've never looked back. It's been great. Yeah. The corporate culture where like, you're supposed to love, I mean, it's all just being brainwashed and like, like the people that like defend it just haven't been fired or, or, you know, no one's, you know, no one, no, unless you have equity in what you're doing, you're just renting out your time. Like that's that whole like adage about just like, you're just punching the clock and you can't bring your soul into it because there's no reward. So like if I'm some news anchor for some TV show, I'm just going to show up and give them whatever I feel like the salary is worth. But you know, you, myself, like we're, if you're going to create your own script and create your own movie and this and that, you're going to put your life and soul into it. And that's like truly the only path to making good, good shit. 
I'm going to quote that, put it up on my uh, vision board. Dave well, and it's also, it's like how, and it's like, also it's like how I want to make it as hard as possible for people to get me fired. You know what I mean? Like, because in today's world, and it's like, you know, whenever you talk about cancel culture, people immediately think you're some like, like, uh, you know, you're storming the Capitol, but it's like, I don't want some like seven angry people to be able to get me fired. I don't want to have all of my money come from, um, you know, Heinz ketchup and then they can write to Heinz ketchup and then be like, all right, can that guy like make it, make it hard on people because that's the only way you can like be as authentic as you want is to not be controlled by like a small group that can like uh, mess up your day. One of the first examples of that, I'm, I'm being deliberate here. I'm trying to, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but okay. It happened a long time ago. It's a friend of a friend uh, was writing for a major television show. One of these crime procedurals. Okay gets a job as a staff writer. These are valuable jobs, as you know, Dave. I mean, you're making a lot of money when you're writing for a CBS CSI or something like that. It was one of those kinds of shows. And he wrote an episode, and they're shooting his episode. And all of these shows, I I don't watch them, but I guess they kind of begin with a murder, and then they got to go back and solve this murder. So this particular murder involved an Asian woman who was found dead blue uh, in a bathtub. That's how the episode opened. She's been dead for a while, and she's in there. So this guy, who shall remain nameless, is so excited that they're shooting his episode that he takes a photo of the actor in the tub playing dead, this Asian woman, while they're on set. The episode isn't even done. They haven't aired it and it will never air apparently, but takes this photo and then thinks it's a good idea to take to Twitter and don't cancel me, everybody. I'm only saying what he said. (laughs) He posted this picture of this Asian actress in a bathtub who's been dead and is blue and captions it cold sushi. Anyone? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. But bad enough. Now, this was kind of pre, this is a couple of years ago, actually probably five, six, seven years ago. So the canceling didn't happen as it, you know, as quickly and, and, and as it does now. But what ended up happening was somebody from some anti defamation, Asian anti that had about 70 followers. That's it. Finds this tweet, organizes a boycott. A, a threatened boycott of their 70 followers and reaches out to CBS. And what do you think happened? CBS went, I think Les Moonves was in at the time and Les Moonves probably went, who is this guy? Fucking fire him. And that was it. He lost his TV job over this fucking tweet. What? It, but again, yeah. he's the blame. But, and, but look, when you talk, when you get into like the complexities uh, or the nuance, I should say, of like um, offenses, maybe first degree, second degree, whatever, it seems like you're you're not, de- you know, then then you're part of the problem. Like like if you start to defend maybe not firing somebody, then it's like, oh, well, you also hate Asians. And it's like, no, hold on a second. I don't know this guy whatsoever. But in the HR world in corporate America, there's usually like, all right, first offense, warning, written warning, second offense, uh, no, uh, a week off, whatever. In today's world, it's like, your mistake it's like done so and and it's like i don't know may i think not that there's more nuance needed but i think people make really dumb mistakes and on social media and they last forever 
And and again, well, that was a really dumb one. You know, well, that, speaking that, of but, which, speaking of which, Dave, I think I have one, I have a clip from your show here. Maybe we'll tee up one of us getting canceled right here. Uh, this is what Dave does, and I there is something in this clip that I want to discuss. And so, this is from the Dave Neal Show on YouTube. I invite everybody to go there, subscribe, and this is Dave doing his thing. Now, listen, listen up here. Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic and host of the Dave Neal Show. We've got a war on Christmas happening between JoJo Siwa and. Candace Cameron Burr of Full House fame. I'm going to get into it right now. Follow me on Instagram at Dean Neils. And every day we do Patreon, private membership content, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. All right. How did this start? So Jojo Siwa just posted this yesterday. Wait, can I interrupt here? Who's Jojo Siwa? She's like this really famous. Um, I don't even know if she's a teenager anymore, but she was like, re- she was like really famous with kids. And then she came out of the closet and it was kind of a big deal where some moms were upset or whatever. She was on Dancing with the Star. So, it, you know, if you're probably under the age of 25, you definitely know who she is. Okay. All right. Just so I know. You might be shocked to learn I'm not under the age of 25, Dave. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I look good. But okay, here we go. On her Instagram story, which is a screen grab of a Candace Cameron article that's titled Candace Cameron Burr's Plans for New Cable Channel. No gays. That's what it says. And then here's JoJo's response to this. And as we know, you might not remember this. JoJo Siwa had beef with Candace Cameron because Candace Cameron snubbed her on a red carpet years ago. So they had it back and forth. They were kind of they kind of had this resolution like, oh, no hurt feelings. So JoJo says this. Honestly, I can't believe after everything that went down just a few months ago that she would not only create a movie with intention of excluding LGBTQIA+, but then also talk about it in the press. This is rude and hurtful to a whole community of people. All right. First of all, excellent reporting, my friend. You're on top well, of the, you. you're you're on top <laughs> of the news. Now, this is the, what I need to bring up. I'm on board with with Siwa, Siwa? Yeah. I'm on board. And I and I'll get into this. I actually commented about this Candace Cameron Burr Burr is it Burr or Beret? Burr? I think it's Beret. I think I messed that up. Okay, yeah. Beret. I commented on this, but we'll get to that in a second. When you read her tweet, it said LGBTQIA+. And this is what I ask you, Dave, as someone who goes, how many letters is too many? And again, I'm on board with the, I'm on board. I'm all about rights and human rights and everybody. No one should be discriminating. Against. But when do we hit maximum lettering where the message gets muddled? You know, it's a great question. I'm going to keep on saying as many letters as they print. <laughs> That's what I'm going to keep doing because I don't, you know, that's just one of those things. Like eventually know. we're going to get to the, you know, members of the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, V, community, every letter in the alphabet. If we just put them all in there, then it's like everybody's and then, coming. And then they're going to say, let's just say queer. And yeah, and, uh, yeah you're, you're being too wordy. Okay. But in all seriousness, it's interesting I, I posted something about that because a friend of mine who's a producer in Hollywood got very upset about this. And I said, well, I think they're about to learn the number one lesson in Hollywood. You don't cross Candace Cameron Bure. She <laughs> rules this town. <laughs> and by the way, everybody got all serious in this faith. No, they don't. No, she doesn't. I'm like, I'm fucking kidding. She's a nobody. She's trying to use that little bit of whatever she's got to flout her intolerance because there is a niche for these people right in the MAGA world well yeah the 
there's a Christian niche of the MAGA world, which is probably a big part of the MAGA world. But well, if you if you take MAGA out of it because that triggers people, most people in Hollywood will they will grift off of Christianity when their career needs to. So what I mean by that is they'll go to Christian based music or Christian based Christmas movies or whatever, because that's what they're booking. You know, there's plenty of Christians that don't do Christian movies. They're just booking better movies. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be, is this movie Christian or isn't it? So when Candace Cameron Bure left, I guess, Hallmark channel or wherever she was, and I guess she's the creative director of this new, like, you know, channel, which is like supposed to be like red blooded American, only straight hetero couples. It's like you didn't, you know, Hallmark already made 99% of their movies straight based. Like there was no need for this outrage, but outrage sells. So they use outrage to sell their new product. As long as, um, uh, as long as the consumer understands they don't give two shits, they're just trying to get their pay, I think would be in a better place. But um, it's a, it's just such an interesting cultural divide because Christmas has already like the cultural divide. I think that exists all across the country started with the idea of Christmas versus or Merry Christmas versus happy holidays. And it's like, doesn't matter. I'll say whatever, whatever I need to say. I don't care. Well, you got to be careful with that. You know, with the, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with what you're saying there, because people do get upset about the, uh, about the happy holiday thing. Don't they? I, I think, I mean, I think it was all fabricated. Like I remember, I remember probably a decade ago saying to my cousin, Hey, you know, happy holidays. He goes, it's Merry Christmas. And I was like, yeah, sure. Merry Christmas. Like, I don't care. I think most people don't care. But I think the idea of like, they're trying to take away your Christmas. It's like, no, there's just Jewish people that don't celebrate Christmas. And I, it's just like the LGBTQIA plus thing where people go, well, how many different religions are we going to celebrate? And it's like, I don't know. If you celebrate Kwanzaa, I'll wish you happy Kwanzaa. I don't yeah. care. Why do you fucking care? Happy holidays, everyone. That, by the way, if you throw out a drunk Santa... Nobody's nobody argues drunk Santa or you could do an old uh, Santa Mrs. Claus. And happy holidays to you, my friend. <laughs> See, soundboard, Dave. I'm going. You know why? You know why I'm doing this right now? Do you know what's happening right now on this today's show? What? We'll do it live. Fuck it. That's right. <laughs> I like it. It's like we have a crowd of voices in our heads. <laughs> no, but you're, you're absolutely right, man. And I just whenever I see it and I, and I, get, I just want to get out of it and not bother. But you just go, what, what do you care what the yeah. hell do you care? How is it affecting your life? It's not. So just stop. But people can't stop. And you you mentioned the Christian thing. One of the news items I wanted to bring up with you, uh, hot in the entertainment news, was the they just did the Kennedy Center Center honors on Sunday night. Uh, they recorded that, and one of the artists that was honored was Amy Grant, who's a Christian music artist, and I believe it was. Um, Brandy Carlisle got up and talked about her and said, you know, Amy Grant is willing to champion the cause of of the queer community. And she puts herself and her career at great risk by doing that. But she does it. There is a middle ground. You can love God and still be kind to other people. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, like there are total examples where like you can lead with your faith and yeah, like you said, be nuanced. And then there's examples of like Candace Cameron's brother, who's just an absolute wacko. I talked about him in that video. Oh, Kirk, um, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah. So he was so he was talking about the fact that like, you know, he pulls up some Bible verse and says, well, the reason that the hurricanes were hitting Louisiana is because God hates, you know, whatever. And it's like, are you insane? 
does this, is this your reality? We can't even begin to have a conversation. So like, I don't even discuss with people that like, think that, that like God hates certain types of people. So he's creating hurricanes in Miami. It's like, that's just the way it works, folks. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, you know, if a tornado hits Missouri, I don't think that it's because there's a lot of people that voted, uh, you know, for uh, conservatives. It's just, it's no, just it's crazy. Cause of Bi- it's cause of Biden though. Yeah, <laughs> God was really pissed about that Biden thing, and he was like, well, "You know yeah. what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna visit some plagues upon you." I, I know. Like the funniest part of all this is, if you really stop and think about, it, I mean, I was raised Catholic twelve years. I don't, I'm not into religion anymore. But it's like, could God really be this petty? You know, like with the way to be, God's, God's, he's vengeful. He's a gracious God, but he's vengeful. Why? Because I fucking said fuck. God's mad at me. He's going to give me cancer because I used his name in vain. Is he that petty? Like, and also hurricanes cast too wide of a net. If he really wanted to kill the certain people, I feel like, you know, uh, lightning bolts, maybe a very precise tornadoes hitting certain neighborhoods. You know what I mean? He's not just going to wipe out the whole area. What about an aneurysm? If God is really that mad, he doesn't just go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you an aneurysm. You're going to be dead because you fornicated. I don't know. Whatever you and, and you yeah, gay and married. Like, How dare you? You gay married, and I'm going to kill you now for this. That I'm God. That makes yeah, sense. If, I I read all the comments from people because my audience in the bachelor world goes from extreme left to extreme right and everywhere in between. And but most people are in the eighty percent tile of like mid mid left leaning to right leaning. But I get people saying, "Oh, the only people that are persecuted are Christians." And this 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 persecution complex, like like you, race Catholic. My family's still religious. I'll say grace with them. It's all about sharing love and positivity. But people will use fear, so they're going to take away your jobs. They're taking away Christmas. Santa Claus is going to get in. You know, inflation. Whatever. I mean, inflation's real, but so there's they just use it and it's so simple to see. So when Hallmark has one, you know, say, hey, let's just make a gay movie. Let's make a gay Christmas movie. You don't have to watch it. It's all on demand. Just pick the Christmas movies you want to watch or the holiday movies you want to watch. And and that's fine. But like, you you know, for them to start a whole new network to say, like, you know, bald eagles, we're going to have the American way. It's like <laughs> for who? The, you know, it's like it's just it's just ridiculous. So. Um, Candace Cameron Bure never said no gays, but they said traditional marriage. And when you say it's, one thing, it's, a co- it's code. We know what yeah. she's saying, you know? Yeah. And yeah it's, uh, I guess the question here, Dave, everybody wants to know is why do you hate God? <laughs> you know, and, what happened to you, Dave? <laughs> My God, uh, no hurricanes where I live. How about no, that? So you I, are yeah. from there. And by the <laughs> way, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I want to get into, you mentioned the bachelor and I, I'm a fan. I want to talk about that with you. Um, we are so we are doing this live, and so what we need to do is uh, commercial. I got I got sponsors, Dave. So let's. You want to do this with me? Let's sure. try it. All right. You uh, normally you have a little music. Can you do a little music for this uh, commercial? Do 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 boop boop. The holidays are here. You know what that means? Parties, parties. Well, you can stop the music now. Uh, parties, though, Dave. Right? You go to parties at the holidays, correct? Uh, yeah, well, whoever invites me. Okay. And have you ever hosted a party? Yes. All right. Well, here's the thing. If you're hosting one this year, you got to have good mixers for your party, right? You can have the best alcohol, Dave. I don't care what you're serving. Great alcohol. You serve shitty mixers. Guess what? Oh, I'm what? asking. Okay, guess what happens? <laughs> People are going to be mad. That's right. Shitty drinks. Uh, so 
How we solve that, Dave, is Fresh Victor. Have you heard of Fresh Victor? Of course you have. You listen to this show all the time. Uh, it's a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers. It tastes fabulous. They offer nine unique blends. Dave, nine. Not seven or ten. Nine. Flavors suit every palate. You got the new one, too. A couple new ones. Strawberry lemon, grapefruit, and sea salt. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. Yeah, right? You're doing good, man. Thank you. The brand's going to be like, we need to bring him in for all of our ads. Uh, <laughs> all the ingredients are fair trade sourced. You care about that. There's no artificial anything. Mixers are produced 100% solar powered juicing plant. Absolutely no waste. And guess what? We got a deal going. A deal. It's called the Dave Neal deal today. Fresh Victor is offering a holy crap. What a great deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart. And at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20%. Look, Dave's order. Look, he's already online right now. I can see him. 20% off your order. How's that for a sweet deal to end the year, Dave? Sounds great. Uh, I'm going to give you the line, and then you'll deliver it. Okay, here's what it goes. The line is, now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. Okay, go. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best Victor, uh, very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. You nailed it, man. I almost had it. You got it. All right. Now, the next one, another spot. Uh, you like rum, right? You're correct. Love rum. Who doesn't love rum? Well, I, uh, you, the thing about it, you got to get good rum. And we do care about the environment, don't we, Dave? Always. Always. So, Batiste rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. They use an eco-positive solar-powered manufacturing process from beginning to end. Do you know how they make this rum? You know what they use for this to make it? They don't use molasses. They don't use sugar crystals. They use pure, fresh cane juice. What do you think of that? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, if you like your tequila 100% agave, you're going to love your rum 100% cane juice. Any, anything to add there, Dave? No, that sounds fantastic. I'm just, I'm, thir- I'm salivating over this right now. <laughs> and guess what we all, guess what they're also offering? 20% off. That's right, man. You're, you're wow. getting, you're getting this. Also <laughs> another great holiday deal. Go to BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-I. <laughs> this is what happens. You know what's happening right now. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> See, see what's happening right now. You talking to me? Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you. Oh, where was I? Batiste Rum. Okay. B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M. Got to put the H in there. Dot com. Fill up your cart. Enter code DUNN. D-U-N-N. That's my last name. At checkout, you're going to get 20% off everything you've ordered from Batiste Rum. You like the sound of that, don't you, Dave? Yeah. Listen, folks, Batiste rum is great any time of year, but especially during the holidays. Makes amazing eggnog. In fact, next week, I'll be on the Adam Carolla show making eggnog. It might even be with Batiste. I don't know. Could be with something else. But trust me, I've tried their eggnog. It's fantastic. And remember, Batiste rum is proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, but a reality today. And now back to the show. Oh, hi, Dave. You got me thirsty, man. Dude. We, you and I got to go out drinking. We should go back to talk about what our, how we know each other. So I met, I mentioned my book, American Wino. And in that book, for those of you, the seven of you that have read it, you'll, there's a character in there known as Elizabeth. But Elizabeth 
is based on is really my ex-girlfriend and that's not her name. Her real name is something else. And that's how I met Dave because my ex and Dave grew up together right in in Rhode Island. Yeah, she was like she was like the it girl, you know, you know, like guy always surrounded by until she started dating me. <laughs> Fortunes <laughs> well, went you, downhill. Yeah, you have a good eye. You have a good eye for yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah, you know, people. yeah. So you guys you grew up together. I didn't know her that well, but I did, I did know her, but my best friend went to high school with her. So like in, in the town, I knew more of her, but like, you know, we actually, I actually probably got to know her better once she moved to the West coast when I got to meet you. Gotcha. And then, uh, we didn't see each other for a while. I think I did some stuff with you with Craig Shoemaker. Weren't you working with him a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Ages yeah, ago. A long time ago out at universal. I, you had me on his show, I believe. And yes. And then I just been following from afar and you started doing this with, uh, Tasha is your wife, right? Yep. And you, yeah, we got married a month ago. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Took a while, but we got there. And she's from Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but they make some uh, whiskey there called bourbon. We have the bourbon passport. That's how you know it's good. I don't know any other liquor that has a passport. Maybe they do, but yeah, they got the whole bourbon trail. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh man. You know why? Because they got, they got the aesthetic down. It's always like, I always visit in the winter. So it's a nice, it's always like some nice, warm, toasty place. You put some like, and then they'll give you all the different, you know, types that they make there. There's always a dog walking around. They just, there's always a good vibe at these bourbon distillers. It's such a great thing. And is she, is Tasha a big bourbon fan? Yeah. 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 She, she likes it too. What do you do? What do you prefer in your eggnog? Whiskey or rum? I'm, I'm a rum guy. By like just traditionally, I've always had rum. I feel like that might be an East Coast thing. Like just growing up, like I feel like a sailor, you know, the sailors right on, you know, from Newport, Rhode Island. So like spiced rum was always the thing to have. Um, but bourbon works perfectly fine. What what do people like to drink back there beyond Christmas? What's a, what's a what's sort of the go to grog in Newport, Rhode Island? I'm like a lager guy. I know that's really boring, but for mixed drinks. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I would probably lean on rum, but I'm really not sure um, what people are drinking these days. I was always like the cheap drinker. I never had. Um, I was just always like the poor guy who got whatever like was the the house special, you know. Um, but uh, so for for me growing up, like you know, mixing drinks when you're underage, it would always be like the cheapest spiced rum I could find because it kind of blended with a diet coke or whatever, you know. When you're like you know sneaking drinks in on the golf course at midnight, is Rachel Maddow from Rhode Island? I don't know. She's from up there, though, New England, right? She might be. I, I have no idea. Well, it's, I, I say this because when you say the word house, you say it oh, yeah. almost exactly the way she says it. And is that that's a New England thing, right? House. Say it again. I get I get people asking if I'm Canadian a lot. I think I just have some yeah weird speech impediments. But um, we do, like I can't pronounce like like a like like a drawer. I can't pronounce that the way you're supposed to. Drawer. Yeah. Drawer. Drawer. drawer Drawer. I always called it draw, like open to the sock draw. Draw. And like I, and it's funny when you're in a relationship because your partner can then be like, you're an idiot. What are you saying? And you're like, oh, that's not how it's said. Like, you know, you just have no idea. By the way, you got to love a guy from Philly nitpicking the way someone talks. <laughs> I know. But Philly and Rhode Island have very similar, um, like colloquial, um, you know, uh, early colonies. Like, uh, you, you know, Philly, Boston, it's really just like different British accents going in different directions, you know? Say, where do you, where do you live? What's H O M E? How do you say that? Home. Yeah. In Philly, home. Yeah. 
Hoagie, oh, yeah. Pogi, Poconos. Uh, all right, let me get back to something here. Or not back to, I want to broach this. When you're doing your entertainment news, how often do you get news that's related to consumption of alcohol with celebrities where they get themselves maybe in a little bit of a jam? Well, I just covered Hope Solo. She um she she was found in the spring um sleeping in her car. I don't know if you remember Hope Solo. The she goalie, was like the yeah. Goalie capital uh, you know, captain of the team. And her husband's had a DUI too. Uh, he was a football player, I think, for the Buccaneers. Um, that that footage just came out of how she treated the police. And, you know, usually you see police footage. It's the police doing something wrong. They were so kind to her and she was such an asshole. So that that video I just covered maybe a month ago, it was interesting that that footage came out because she's a real pill. I mean, ter- so the know, cops were. Were they taking her in or she was just, yeah, they, they woke her up. They like found her sleeping in her car, two kids in the backseat, real, I mean, a real rough situation. And she was like, oh, you know, she was just, you know, you know, a real, a real bitch. And, um, and then the cops didn't even know who she was. So they were just giving her the fair treatment. And she was like, you're, you know, she was accusing them of groping her and stuff. And they were like, you know, just putting her in the backseat of the car and she's just yelling at him like, oh, you must like this. And then what gets interesting, once they're back at the precinct, the cops look at each other and one guy goes, that's Hope Solo. And they kind of, and the, and the other cop goes, oh man, this is the worst day. Cause he just knew like he was just doing his job and now he's gonna have to deal with all this nonsense. She blows like a point two or something crazy hours after, you know, she had been, you know, arrested and it ends up getting getting out with maybe a fine or something, some community service because she's Hope Solo. But it was just like real nasty. Just like she was just like real nasty to all the different cops for like hours. It's pretty amazing. I, I Someday I'd like to go back and maybe write either a magazine feature or something about, you know, maybe the 10 most notorious drunken celebrity slip ups or faux pas or whatever. You want to, I mean, and, and some of them are sad. You think about the David uh, Hasselhoff. Remember that one? With the yeah. cheeseburger. I mean, that, and then you've got, I think Shia LaBeouf's had a few sort of terrible ones. I just watched the Robert Downey Jr. documentary about his father called Senior on Netflix, but, and I was remembering way back in the day when Robert Downey Jr. was a little out of control. You remember this? Yeah. And he would, I think one time he woke up in some kid's bed, went in somebody's house, just out of his mind. Uh, but, there are times where they're funny too. I mean, not that he wasn't wasted, but Vince Neil in Vegas. Have you ever seen this one with Nicolas Cage? No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I, hey, you know what? You know what we're doing right now? We're doing it live. Do it live. Let's see if I can find it. I mean, fuck it. Can you think of any while we're, uh, well, I'll say this, like I, I, by the way, and like no judgment, which, you know, when you tie it back to when we, when I cover the bachelor content, you know, and basically in bat uh, on the bachelor show, you've got people making dating mistakes on TV and it's like mistakes. Everyone makes you a lot. You, you, you over, you overvalue what your job is, or you, you, you know, you tell you, you get caught kissed uh, dating multiple people, whatever it is. Um, it's like simple mistakes you make, but they do it live on, you know, they do it on TV. And so it's etched into history. It's just the same thing with some of the debauchery from celebrities. It's like, we've all been drunk uh, running down the street, yelling something before, right? I mean, last night, 
Was yeah, like, was yeah. Like, go Eagles. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah you know. But if, like, imagine if, imagine if, like, on your worst drunken moments. But then again, of course, it's like, you know, if, if a celebrity gets nabbed for a DUI or has, like, a, um, you know, uh, what's the other guy, you know, some super anti Semitic tirade, it's like, well, okay, you're not just drunk. You've got some bigger issue here, you know? Yeah. You know what? I've been really wasted in my life. It's never made me anti Semitic. I feel like you're, you're that before you got drunk. But here, let me, I found this thing. Now we're doing it live. Who knows? Maybe we'll get an ad. Who knows? Let's see. This is. Stop this shit. You can't see this, but it's Nicolas Cage hugging Vince Neil. They're out of their mind drunk. Wow. It's pretty bad. <laughs> you know what? It's like falling I... down drunk. I saw my buddy passed out drunk at my stand-up show in New York this week. And I was like, oh man, you know, that's like, yeah, I've, I've never, it's I don't pretty know, common I, though. Isn't it? People getting fall down drunk at your stand-up shows. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> you know, I think, like, uh, no, I'm kidding. It, you know, no, no, he's very funny. He's very funny. Man. Stand-up show. And, um, which is already past my bedtime on the West coast. I don't, are you the same way? Like for me, West coast, I go to bed early, wake up early East coast. I'm just a night owl. I don't know if it's oh, just, man. I got friends. I had friends visiting from New York recently and they're like, we're going to go out. And they said, all right, well let's meet up around nine. I'm like nine. <laughs> Who goes out at nine o'clock at night? I'm like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. out here you go out at seven. You know, it's like yeah. nine, like the night's almost <laughs> over at nine, but in New York, I'll be out and it's, you look at, you take a look at your phone. You're like, holy shit, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm still going. Yeah. I think part of it is like West coast deals with East coast business hours. Kind of, you know, like I wake up early to make, get my content out for the East coast. So we're kind of just early risers. I don't know, but either way, you know, I got back Saturday and I'm just dogged just a so week in New York. You did so some shows dogged. back there. Show, yeah, I did. We, we did like the typical um, holiday sort of uh, we went to Kentucky for my wife's family and did a quick show there. And then Rhode Island, my family did a show and then New York did like four shows. Um, but yeah, I just it's so it's so good to go back there. It's just a different breed of people. You know, you can just you can just be like anonymous and um, it's like the city's so loud that you can just like kind of fit in. I don't know. There's something about do you, do you like New York or are you? Um, I do. In fact, I, I it's not set in stone, but I'll just throw it out. I'm almost positive it's going to happen. We're going to do another one of our live recordings of this show on January 5th at the Stand Comedy Club in New York City. It's where we always do them. I'll definitely know by next week if it's locked in, but it's almost certainly going to be locked in. And then the following night, I'm going to be down in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club with the Adam Carolla Show. Doing a little oh, appearance there. Uh, so a little breaking news here. That's great that you get. Have you ever thought of doing, you don't, you've never done stand up, have you? I did some, uh, we did a show out here at the, in Venice a couple of months ago, we did a live recording and I jumped up and did a little bit of stand up. and yeah, it's good, man. I, I like it. It's fun. People go, Oh, it's so nerve wracking. It isn't nerve wracking to me. I don't get nervous on stage because I'm not afraid of fucking up. I'm really not like, in <laughs> fact, when people get, when it's uncomfortable, that kind of turns me on. It goes back years ago. I, I did Conan and we did this segment and we were making drinks on Conan and and uh, there, one of the drinks involved bacon. And I ate a big piece of bacon during the segment. It's alive. We're doing this live. And Conan starts talking to me. And I'm like, I got a mouthful of bacon. What am I going to do here? You know, <laughs> do I stick my head below the table and spit it out? I, I don't want to choke. That's what I actually thought of. If I try <laughs> to swallow this, I might choke on live TV. And that would be a great way to go out. But 
So instead, I just talked with it in my mouth. And it led to this really funny moment. Let's see if we can find it. You know why? I'd love to see this. We're doing it live. Because we're doing it live. <laughs> Conan was one of my, I went to Conan when I was in college to go like as an audience member. And it was like probably the coolest person I've seen. It's the best. He, yeah. There's something that, about him that's not like as, for me, it's not as hacky as some of the late night that's out there. And he really does have a unique sort um, sort of um, intonation to, to it in the ways he delivers his jokes. But Bill Bill Burr on Conan might be the best combo I've ever seen. I just so love Conan. Yeah, you know, the, like because he's kind of like a character who also is a straight man because as the host, he kind of has to be the straight man to the characters that come to the couch. But then he's also just uniquely Conan, and he is a character. So it's interesting that he can like jump on jump in both directions. Um, I guess Leno does the same thing because Leno's Leno's also a character. Um, but yeah, no, there that, that uh, he's he's fantastic. Um, and now it's just here it is. I found it for you. You ready? Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, now again, I don't let me see. I'll have to maybe fast forward a little bit. All right. Hold on a second. Here we go. All right. Okay. We got that in there. That's probably one's probably enough for us. Oh, and the other thing is I like it a little extra spicy. So we brought some hot sauce here. Okay. Well, you've got a food of my people. (laughs) Mm. Bacon. All right. Here we go. The bacon. Well, you could put it here and do it, but, or you could do that. Yeah. Jam a pancake in there while you're at it. I mean, Go. This is just my Uncle Jerry's breakfast. So right now we're drinking, and now I just shoved a bunch of bacon in my mouth. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> I get some up. Oh, we got another one still. Excuse me. We You're done. <laughs> He's like, oh, we got another one. <laughs> what kind of demo? You're in no condition to be doing a demo now. I got it. And look at that. I probably should have shared the video with you too, Dave. It was very funny with Conan acting drunk. And uh, that's the magic of just going up there and saying, fuck it. Yeah. And you gave him the gift of something different that that doesn't normally happen and like whenever you're doing imp- whenever you're improvising you're looking for something unique something that's offbeat and conan always jumps on it yeah he's i mean you know when you explain a joke you kill it and when you explain conan you probably kill conan here but he's good he's really yeah, that's, good that's wild but yeah like like you're saying like not i i don't get nervous but i get anxious and the true the tr- only only when i really care about something but the true like form of freedom is when you can detach yourself from the outcome and i i think like that's what anyone can hope for, whether it's dating. I mean, gosh, when you can detach yourself from needing the other person's approval or, or needing to get laid, you'll get laid. It's not, you know what I mean? It's almost like, how do you do that? I'm going to have to talk to you off the air. I'm going to get some advice from you. By the way, way, Tasha's got to have some cool friends, right? Maybe we need to hang out more often. Actually. Yeah. One of her friends just um, is going through a divorce and she, yes. Oh, I mean, sorry. That's terrible. Uh, She's good looking. (laughs) Tasha doesn't have ugly friends. (laughs) I think it might be time for us to all get together at the Neil household. Yeah. She's on, she's on on in your wheelhouse. We'll talk later. Okay. Got this. No, (laughs) this is so creepy. All right. Uh, We're going to do it. We got a segment here and I get so much talk to you, dude. This is the great thing about this. You're going to be coming on more often because I feel like we just have a lot to talk about. We're already 45 minutes in, but you ready to do drinks of the week? Even though I, I didn't think far enough ahead to actually get you the drink of the week, but let's do it. And here's our uh, theme song for drinks of the week. 
Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's. Drinks of the week. Jazz hands. High production value, right? I like it. Yeah. Oh, where'd you go? I just lost you. Oh, hold on a second. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) High production value. Uh, (laughs) I spent a lot of time putting that one together. Okay, so our drink of the week, Dave, is a segment we do. And this week we're going to be talking about Sammy, since you do the celebrity thing, I figured we'd go celebrity, Sammy Hagar, the rocker, the red rocker. You know who he is. Yeah. Sammy Hagar's Beach Bar Rum will release their final batch of original Hawaiian-made white rum and redhead rum. What do you think of that? That sounds amazing. I'm going to give, give you a little bit from the release here. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and Spears Trailblazer Sammy Hagar commemorating the end of an era with the release of the last bottles of his original award-winning Hawaiian-made Sammy's Beach Bar Rum. To celebrate the release of this rum, 55 random buyers who poach, purchase both flavors the redhead and the other one <laughs> will be surprised with a bottle that is autographed by Hagar himself. And that's sure to become a collector's item. That sounds, now what would you drink? What would you drink this with? Like, what do you recommend? Well, you can do rum and Coke. You could do uh, any of the tiki drinks with the rum in there. You could do an eggnog. We talked about it, right? You get a little eggnog going. Um, there's you a do, lot. Like, yeah, you ever do any hot, like a hot uh, rum and like you do like a hot rum and cider? Hot buttered rum. Yeah, man. You can oh, do that. Oh, that sounds nice. That's very delicious. Uh, you could do a lot of stuff with this rum, but here's the part that I, I'm I'm confused about. Uh, when they say they're going to be surprised, wouldn't you see the autograph when you were in the store ahead of time? How are you surprised by it? You'd see it. You'd be like, oh, there it is. I'm going to buy that one. Yeah, unless it's like behind wrapping, but what bottles? Oh, you know what? That's probably it. It's probably wrapped. Or in a box, maybe. Okay, got it. Now, the other part I'm confused about, does that mean they're not making, they're not doing it anymore? Are they discontinuing the rum, I guess, right? Yeah, or it's like one of those, you know, the the last batch and then next year. We'll do it again. Well, because it says here, the final batch of Hawaiian rum will include just 1,750 milliliter bottles of white rum and 1,000 one liter bottles of redhead which is infused with macadamia nuts, fruit and vegetable juices. Both flavors can be purchased together for $69.99. That includes shipping while supplies last. And you're going to get a special video from Sammy. What the hell? You get a lot here. Also, I didn't know this, Dave, but he's making this in partnership with Rick Springfield, Jesse's girl. Wow. Huh. Yeah, is there there is there some sort of like they they what how much involvement do they have normally in the making process or do they just slap their name on these you know they do a quick taste test for sure um Sammy has been very involved you know he obviously had Cabo Wabo tequila he was one of the early earliest celebrities to go into the booze world and Sammy is for sure involved he's not just slapping his name on it he yeah yeah he, he walks yeah, so Cabo walk. Wabo yeah, so I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, there's some huge like tequilas, like George Clooney, right, and a few others. Yeah, I feel like The Rock has a big tequila company, right? Well, half so the, like half the people on this show have been. Yeah, you know, we we got. Uh, I mean, everybody. We had Nick Jonas on all. here, McConaughey, Christy Brinkley, Dan Aykroyd, on and on. Jason Aldean, on and down, you know everybody. They're all in the. They're all in the game. 
But Dan Aykroyd knows how to sell a product. Oh, he is really good at talking he's, about it. I love. Yeah, Dan. I mean, I guess it's just you know, it's when it's like the next level of um, you know, um, it, when we talked before about owning owning, you know, what you do to put your to like be a part of selling a sort of a tangible item must must have like big returns, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's enough. There's enough out there that people want to like like branding of a celebrity with a alcohol makes sense because they're both very passionate. If like, if you love Matthew McConaughey's lifestyle, yeah, that, that that's going to come with a Lincoln car in a, in a drink. Who doesn't love Matthew McConaughey's lifestyle? All right. All right. All right. See, I got it. Oh, by the way, we need to play the, um, we have music at the end of, uh, drinks of the week. You ready for it? Lovely. There we go. Here's our, this is how we get out of drinks of the week. Enjoy yourself. Pretty snappy, isn't it? Think. I like that. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. You're not dancing, Dave. The years go by as quickly as a wink. Enjoy yourself. I like your Enjoy dancing. yourself. It's later than you think. Yeah. Boom. Look at that. I'm ready. <laughs> feels like this it's it's a monday right now but it feels like a friday it really does man this is what happens on this show all right now let's get to let's get to the the piece de resistance of what you do the bachelor let's talk about this let's talk about your podcast how did you get involved where did your love for the bachelor franchise begin man i always i always just commented on i'd watch this show and talk about it and so i started a youtube channel years ago and i would just you know recap the episodes i get a couple hundred views here and there slowly built and then it finally got monetized make a couple bucks and but it wasn't until the pandemic where i started uh talking about things that didn't have to do with the actual episodes so what became like the parasocial conditions that would go down so it's basically like as soon as i stop as i stopped competing with all of the other recappers that were talking about like what so-and-so said on the beach that's when my channel blew up because I started having more like interesting conversations about like social issues, like class issues, you know, some political, although I don't think it's really political. I think it's more like class issues, the way, the way certain contestants act with each other. And it's just interesting to talk about dating and relationships because it's so nuanced. The way I watch a guy break up with a girl on the show is completely different than the way my audience might watch it based on whatever projections they have. I watch it. And I just, a couple of weeks ago was the end of the latest season of Bachelor in Paradise. Now, there's some controversy going on there. I want to get your take on it. Victoria was with Johnny on Bachelor in Paradise. But then, almost immediately after leaving Paradise, it turns out that rumors were swirling. She was with Greg. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I get a photo sent to me. That says, oh, Victoria's in Rome with Greg. And I go, no, no, that's not him. It was from behind. Uh, it, same haircut as Johnny. I was like, there's no way that's him. And I just didn't take the bait. And then later on in the day, more information comes out. Someone says, I swear it was them. No videos. But they go, I swear it was them. Go, okay. And the more you look into it, you check her handbag and his shoelaces and whatever. You, you, and, then, and then they get a full frontal photo of them at like some popular, you know, water fountain in Rome. And you go, they, they, they're out of their mind. Are you talking about Trevi fountain? Yeah. Yeah. That one, that popular thing. Yeah. That one one of those things. One of those Italians. Trevi fountain. Okay. Got some Coliseum. But it's like, (laughs) 
what idiots that they thought they, they were, like, were looking at some uh, ceiling. It was a painted something. Yeah, I forget I it the sixteenth yeah. chapel. The sixteenth chapel, just yeah. to trigger people. I did watch that when you were doing. Yeah, yeah. I love to trigger my audience with some like slightly wrong information. There's a there's a key to that in YouTube where people like to correct you. So I called someone the wrong name accidentally the other day, and I got hundreds of comments correcting me. And then YouTube goes, "Wow, people are really discussing this," and then they show it to more people. Uh, you never want to get like big information wrong, but a little, a little bit wrong there. Like the 16th chapel won't hurt anybody. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just couldn't believe that they were caught there. And for people that don't check, listen to the show, wonder what the big deal is. As far as the show is concerned, she was still engaged to the, this other guy. To so, the guy that she'd had a whirlwind. By the way, this is the funniest part of all of this. They were together for like three fucking weeks and they're acting yeah. like this is, Oh my God, the end of the relationship. How could she do this to Johnny? Who she yeah. just fucking met three weeks ago. Yeah, there's so there's the show as they present it to you. And then there's the actual timeline of the show. And most people are spoiled. And this show filmed early summer. But because of scheduling issues this year, it aired in the fall for the first time. So there was like a several month overlap. But it turns out within a four week span, depending on whose side of the story you hear, she goes from being engaged to being in Rome with this other guy. Some claim that there was emotional cheating as soon as she broke up with Johnny, she's calling this other guy. But it's one of those situations. It, it wouldn't be a story by all means if they were just normal humans. But it's very interesting to look at because we don't have all the information. We just have little, little, uh, you know, little timestamps of when they were seen at parties and when this happened and when that happened. But that's the type of stuff that drives Bachelor Nation crazy because you don't have all the answers. And when you don't have all the answers, it leads the uh, internet to continue to discuss it. And as soon as like someone goes on a podcast and all the answers come out, the story just dissipates. There's no more interest in it. You know, what would you say the percentage success rate is for these romances on this show? 3% maybe. Well, you're very close. It's four. It's a, so it actually might be down to three because of a breakup this year. Um, but it's basically like one or two people that got engaged over the course of 20 plus seasons, Bachelor and Bachelorette are still together. Bachelor in Paradise, you get more couples coming out of it. And, and I think that's partially because there's just a bigger sample size. There'll be 20, uh, 15 men, 15 women, and it's not all or nothing. All these people competing off for these one. And because there's more, because you're not just the lead you know, there's ever because both sides have other options. I think it creates a better Petri dish for like settling down quicker because you, you're able to like date around versus like on the bachelor. If, if your name's Jill and you don't like Clayton, you just get sent home on bachelor in paradise. If your name's Jill and you don't like one guy, you, there's another guy. other guys. Yeah, yeah. So there's just a better odds there, but you know, the show, the show still tries to make it look like, you know, everyone's trying to find love, but as we found out, it's really like the economy of becoming an influencer has kind of attracted the types of people that would want to be on the show. So it's not the show could probably have better success if it actually went to find people versus have the people find them. I like, you know what I, I read? There's a writer named Allie Barthwell. Have you read her for Vulture? She does oh, the yeah, yeah, she yeah. does the recaps for the sh and that's probably why I watch the show because I love her writing so I think she writes for uh, John Oliver's uh, show as well but she's a staff oh, yeah. writer on it but she does these recaps and they're very funny and that's kind of what got me into watching it is I I I just like to read her make fun of them afterwards yeah and I always say the reason why the shows as popular as it is in part is because it's still on traditional media so unlike Love Is Blind where you can just 
dump all the episodes in one week, one night. You got to you got six and a half days between episodes to like overanalyze what people are thinking. And I think it's like the, one of the last water other than sports. It's the last water cooler show out there because it's quote unquote unscripted. So they're kind, you know, although a lot of it's manufactured, you are as an audience, you're trying to decipher what people are actually thinking and who wronged who. And it really takes us back to some sort of tribal like campfire, you know, discussions that we we would probably be having, you know, at the beginning of times. It's just such a guilty pleasure as well. You know, like just watching the these young people and it kind of re- that's what it reminds me of is when your emotions are all the fuck over the place when you're that mm. young and they and they get so upset and they cry and you're oh god i remember when i wasn't jaded yeah and psychologically imagine being on a beach for a month with no cell phone and you go oh they're on a beach in mexico this is great it's hot they don't have air they they probably do have ac they probably just turn it off on them you know they 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 there's crabs everywhere they don't have books to read or internet or jobs to go to there's nothing that provides them any value so they place all of their value in winning over a partner so the stakes are crazy high and you know how it is i mean every you, i'm sure you and i both have been, uh, had some bad breakups. It's like whenever you just put too much value in the other person, I always say like relationships need to be the dessert, not the main course. But on The Bachelor, relationships become the main course. It's all or nothing. And then within two weeks, you're crying on on uh, you know the steps of some random water fountain in Rome uh, because you just got dumped on TV and you're like, I didn't even like this guy. How did this happen? You know, it's just, it just, they really know how to put gasoline on it. Can they have sex? They're, like, do they have sex during Bachelor in Paradise? Oh, yeah. Well, they used to have what was called the boom, boom room and they didn't have it this year. But I think what I think what probably happened is they negotiated privately to get rid of them, you know, like to get rid of filming around that. But I they, they still must have it. I know on The Bachelor, there's been plenty of cases where someone has sex before the quote unquote fantasy suite. And by the way, part of what I love talking on my channel is purity culture, because you know, you'll get people that go on the show that are saving themselves for marriage. And then <laughs> when it comes time for like the bachelor to have sex, they go, Oh, you know, it, it brings up so many issues between people of different religious values, moral values. And, um, yes, yeah, some people like, uh, Caitlin Bristow, she was the bachelorette and she's from Canada. Wait, 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 who, wait, are you talking about perchance? I'm Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette, and I have one question for Dan Dunn, and that is, will you accept this rosé? Is this a first impression rosé? Sure, but it's definitely not the last. There you go. I just, yeah. but you didn't know she was on my show, did you? She's one of the greatest. She's she's probably the the bet the biggest on the on the Mount Rushmore of Bachelor alumni. She's got to be up top. Uh, hit podcast, hit merch, hit. Wine I really liked her. I mean, we we I like her. We had a great time great. when she was on the show. Yeah, uh, and on her season, she had sex with somebody before the fantasy suites, and she got slut shamed to hell um, by by the audience. I mean, it was brutal. They read a lot of the messages live on air um, on her finale. She like nowadays the lead would get a little bit more pushback to getting slut shamed so hard. But, and I say nowadays, but this is, this is like four or five years ago for whenever it was when it was just in the beginning of like, Hey, she's allowed to do what she wants with her body just because she didn't do it in the arbitrary time period where you get the, um, you know, the, the golden fantasy suite. She did it a few weeks before then. And it's like anyone who's been on a date knows sometimes you gotta you try have, out the merchandise. 
Yeah. You it's can't. just a it, what's this waiting to the end? Nobody does this in real life. You know, no. Could you imagine if I met somebody and they and all due respect to people's if I met a woman and she said she's saving herself for marriage, I'd be like, good, good luck. It's not gonna be yeah. me. I'm not doing she's that. Not you. you know, like Oh, and sometimes it's date two. Sometimes it's first night. Sometimes it's a casual hookup. And then you're like, oh, shoot, we had great sex and I enjoyed brunch the next morning. Maybe that, you know, it's the during COVID, are- Dave. I had video sex with people before I ever met them. <laughs> like in the height of COVID, it was like, all right, we can't meet up. But hey, we're on this uh, FaceTime. I hope you had the soundboard now, going. Gr- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, <laughs> I mean? Like, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We'll do it live. Fuck it. And, and they'd say, yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah. So you get this outrage when, when multiple, when, when people watch the show and go, Hey, let her live her life. And then other people, you know, are like, well, she's, you know, people come at it from so many different angles. And I always say this, do what you want with your body. But like when it's your parents influence or, or your religion's influence on you, that's purity culture. Just like, if you decided you want to save yourself, save yourself. But also like, you know, if, if Caitlin Bristow doesn't, you know, don't make her seem like she's a bad person. And I think she just came from like a, a more liberal mindset in, in wherever, whatever part of Canada she came from and wasn't prepared for the the sort of um southern or midwestern sort of baptist or evangelical uh purity that can exist in our country. Well, on that note, <laughs> I, I, no honestly man, I can't wait to have you back on cuz we can just keep going but uh you know, people got holiday shopping and stuff to do. I want to First of all, everybody, check out the Dave Neal Show on YouTube. You're going to get this kind of stuff on there. Like I said, he analyzed big entertainment news of the day. Subscribe to Bachelor Rush Hour. It's available wherever podcasts stream. It's a big show. And if you like The Bachelor, you should be listening to it. Dave, where do uh, the folks find you on the the, uh, social medias? On Instagram, you can just type Dave Neal or go to or at D Neal's D N E A L Z. And yeah, like I said, YouTube, you can just search Dave Neal for all that content. Did you uh, did you enjoy yourself today on the show? I had a blast. It was so nice. You know, I, I spend my days talking to myself on, you know, on camera, making my videos. It's always nice when I can talk to another human. And yeah, we got to go get some drinks soon. I was gonna say, are you upset with me that you just did an episode of what we're drinking and didn't drink? No, I'm doing I got coffee. I'm just I'm blazing. Yeah, it's a little early today, but um. And I, I, do you think we, how do you think we handled the uh, doing it live? I liked it. I think you, you should keep it this way. <laughs> I think so too. I had a lot, I showed a lot of restraint, I think. Yeah. You know, I always say perfection's the enemy of good. So just do it live. Give them the best version of yourself in that moment. And that's what you get. Can I just do one sound effect that I want to put in? Please. Yeah. Come on. Feeling it now? Oh yeah. Maybe we just go out on that. No, I no, we can't leave. Hold on, hold on. How do I stop it? Ah, Casey and the Sunshine Man. Um, I do want to thank uh, you folks for listening and invite you to follow Dave and myself on the social media. I'm at, at the Imbiber on Instagram and still Twitter, although who knows? I keep threatening to leave it, but I'm still there <laughs> now. Uh, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I'm going to have some video up there of Dave. And like I said, next week I'll be on the Adam Carolla show doing an eggnog segment, hopefully January 5th in New York City at the Stan Comedy Club, January 6th at Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia on the Carolla show. And what else am I going to be doing? I'm going to go out and have drinks with Dave Neal and Tasha and her soon to be divorced friend. (laughs) And the world is going to rejoice. 
And let, let's see, should we should we take it out with some music here? Sure. Thanks for having me, let's man. Let's see, what it. should we do? Uh, oh, I know, because I know you love this. Ready? Oh, yeah. Eh, eh, eh. We're doing this because the Eagles are 11-1, baby. Wow, look at that. How are the Patriots doing? Uh, six and six, I think. <laughs> Dave, thanks for being on the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Invite me back anytime. I'm here. And watch this. I'm going to lower the volume in real time so we fade out. You ready? Here we go. This is the biggest challenge of doing it live. He's doing it. And out. Happy holidays, everyone.